Welcome, welcome to UFO Headline News with me, Heidi Hallis, where every day I aim to bring you the latest in UFO reports and other fascinating stories from around the globe. Today is what? Thursday, February 15th, 2018. Yesterday was Valentine's Day. I hope you guys had a wonderfully blessed and loving day. I know I did. Every day is that way, isn't it? We hope anyways. <laughs> and I want to invite you guys to check out my show on Fridays at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time and join me for my talk show, The Outlander, where I answer your emails, take your calls, and interview some intriguing guests from around the globe, too. How about that? Just go to HeidiHollis.com for more information and listen live to The Outlander Show. All right. Blasting off with some UFO reports. A UFO sighting in, oh boy, what a name. Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. I hope I got that right. On November 20th, 2017. In brief, the witness states that craft passed over the roadway about 100 feet off the ground, then passing over to our vehicle to the adjoining field and hovered about 100 feet off the field. Two other crafts were approaching from the west towards the craft, They appeared much smaller. On November 20th, 2017, at approximately 2200 hours, myself and my wife were traveling southbound on Akron Peninsula Road, just south of Peninsula Village in the Cuyahoga Valley Park region. As we, my wife, was driving, I observed a large craft traveling northwest just over top of the tree line on the left-hand side of the highway. I did notice several white lights on it. No other lights were observed at that time. As the craft passed overhead, just in front of the vehicle, I leaned forward in order to observe the whole craft, and it was at least 40 to 60 feet across as it passed overhead. Wow, that's huge. Things that were noticed was no other lights except the perimeter lights, which were large, about 6 inches in diameter, going around the perimeter of the craft spaced evenly. Another thing that was noticed was that the craft was wide on the outside perimeter, probably four to six feet thick. Wow, he was really close to get all these details. I did have my window down at this time and noticed the craft made no noise as it passed overhead. My wife had made mention of, oh, wow, look at that helicopter. I told her that this is no helicopter. This craft is too big and made no noise. It also appeared to have a slight rotation as it passed overhead. The craft traveled northwest across the roadway, then stopped over a field at corner of Akron Peninsula Road and Bolands Road, northwest corner of the intersection. I also noticed high tension lines in the area of the craft. When observing the craft from the roadway, it appeared to be V-shaped because of the light pattern. But after what it was, there were a small section on the perimeter of the craft that did not have the large LED-type lights, which made it appear V-shaped from a distance. This craft at the farthest distance away was no more than 300 to 400 feet from the roadway. I also noticed that when the craft stopped over the field, a red light had come on under the bottom of the craft. Then just west of the craft, you could see two other craft approaching, just over top of the trees towards the stationary craft, 
They did have numerous perimeter lights along with each having one red light in the underside. They appeared much smaller craft. In, at, at that time, I told my wife to take the next street on the right so that I could get some pictures. My wife, instead of making the right, she continued down the roadway. Ugh! Darn it all! Just as if she never heard a word I said. Almost like a trance. Just after telling her to make the turn, I myself forgot what I had seen until the next day. Oh, wow. I called her from work to talk about it, but all she could remember was the big helicopter. The area consists of all rural with no inhabitants in the area. I am attaching a couple of pictures to show the area. I wish I could have taken a couple of pictures because they would have been the best documented pictures that have ever been supplied considering how close the craft was. Yeah, but see, that's the trick. That's the trick, guys. Here, here's this opportunity of a lifetime. They were so mesmerized, they didn't pull out their camera. And then they're like, swing around, and somebody's in a trance. And the memory is wiped. You know, when people say, you know, oh, well, if this stuff is real, why don't you guys get a great picture? Because there's everybody's got a, a camera on their, their hip, for crying out loud. But it's not happening for a reason. And the second people grab for a camera, these things take off, they disappear. And if you do get a good shot, like some of the ones out of Mexico, Mexico City even, what do they say? Oh, that was doctored. Oh, that's not real. It's just too clear. So you just really can't win. And this is why we are not getting the best photos that we can get out there. That's okay. Well, the government's documenting. They've got a great web of cameras all over. Big Brother's watching through your computer, your TV. So I've heard phones. I mean, am I missing something? I mean, my goodness, they have 3D. <laughs> they have 3D uh, casting ability to be able to Look inside your homes and your apartments. Did you know that? So they could do heat signatures, see what's inside your home, and know what part of the house you're in, and if you're reading something, or if you're sitting down, or whatever you're doing. Yeah, they could see you. Isn't that great? That's yeah, just lovely. Anyways, moving on to the next UFO sighting. This happened in Levin, Scotland. This occurred January 27, 2018. Cube with arms coming out of it, and fog everywhere. Then when it left the sky was clear, it was amazing. Can't mind dates, but that's nothing I've seen. Other stuff, a fireball went over my head, saw it in flames, the lot only about 200 to 400 feet above my head and other STF. I don't know what that means. Okay. All right. So, you know, I just read this stuff. I don't, I can't make sense sometimes of what people are trying to say in the English language they were born with. I why why because this is a texting world because people don't write anymore it's not because uh it's esl or anything it's i don't know all right here we go i always look up at the sky for the past three to four years i've seen amazing stuff first thing i saw was an explosion at arian's belt if you blinked you'd miss it it was white spilled out like a vacuum it sucked away then i saw fire Ball fly right above across my head felt like it was 200 feet above me going towards England. My man thought it was going after my head till he saw it 
Then the other night we saw a cube with arms coming out of it and saw flames. The noise was loud. It was humming. Then it was like a jet hovering above us at that time. My man got a fright and dragged me in the house when I went. I don't know what that means. Um, out. It was gone. But what was weird, the sky was full of fog. Then it disappeared and the sky was so clear. It was beautiful. And then just the other night, it was out again in the garden. When I looked to the sky, it was full of foggy clouds with this perfect circle, like something took part of the clouds and made a perfect circle. You could see the moon and stars. It was beautiful and strange. I probably sound mad. Thanks for listening. <laughs> you don't sound mad. Just um, challenged and expressing that because there was a lot I couldn't read. Woo, okay, here we go. UFO sighting in Duncan, British Columbia. This is a UFO blast from the past. This occurred November 15th, the year 2000. A satellite, it wasn't. That's like Yoda. <laughs> Uh, instead of saying, you know, it wasn't a satellite. Yeah, okay, I run it. All right, here we go. I've been wishing for some sort of closure on this event. Maybe I can find it here. It was late November, early December 2000, witnessed only by myself, Murphy's Law. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> At my then residence, roughly 10 kilometers west of Duncan, British Columbia, it was a clear winter night, not a cloud in the sky, very little light pollution from surrounding towns and cities, and it made for a gorgeous stargazing, a black sky with bright stars everywhere. I was about to head to bed and went outside for a final cigarette. I turned off my porch light as I enjoy watching for passing satellites at night, and the light would hinder, that is. So, with the lights out, I stepped outside and lit a smoke and looked up, waiting. I knew it wouldn't be long before at least one satellite started cruising across the sky. I was not disappointed. A few minutes went by before I first noticed, quote, it. At first it appeared to just be a run-of-the-mill satellite, lazily sliding across the sky from the northish, heading south roughly. Cool. It was moving at a constant speed, as far as I could tell, in a fixed trajectory. After all, why wouldn't it? It was a satellite, as far as I could tell, and these things don't change course or velocity. That perception was about to change very rapidly for me. Directly above my cottage that night was the constellation Orion and its belt perfectly centered over my head as I looked up. The belt that night was roughly oriented north-northwest to south-southeast. So I'm standing there having my smoke and watching this little point of light begin to pass through Orion, paralleling the belt and just above it from my perspective. My craning, I'm craning my neck to watch as it's passing directly over top of my position straight above me. So Orion is above me, and this object is traveling from right to left, north to south. As it passes the first star in Orion's belt, it quickly and suddenly begins to slow down to a stop just past the second star in the belt. The moment it stops, I lose sight of it among the vast blanket of stars in the sky. I've seen such things. It's pretty cool. It's there, I'm sure, but it's now indiscernible from any star in the sky. So I start looking forward along its trajectory. Clearly, I must have blinked and lost it. Satellites do not and cannot just stop like that. I've missed something. I look to where it should be. Nothing. I look back to the belt. Nothing. What the heck? I think out loud. Where did it go? I decide to keep watching the belt, knowing that satellites don't just slow and stop like that. 
But that's what it appeared to have done. It must be there. A minute or so goes by and suddenly one of the, quote, stars over Orion's belt starts to move. Gotcha. It quickly accelerates to its previous velocity and then begins to alter course with a nice 180 degree turn. So it's now under the belt and heading back the way it came. Almost as soon as it's finished, the about face, it starts to slow down again and stops just under the first star in the belt again. I start to lose it against the backdrop of the night sky. Then it begins accelerating and doing another 180 turn back to its original track. Oh, this thing is messing with them. And immediately starts slowing down yet again to a stop. And almost as soon as it stops moving, it's going again. This time with no acceleration, just motionless and then moving. Like a billiard ball hit by a cue. It doesn't move far up and through Orion's belt and then as fast as it started off, it comes to a sudden dead stop. At this point, its course has made a funny figure eight through Orion's belt from my perspective. Also, at this point, I became utterly horrified by what I'm seeing. I know what I'm seeing is technically impossible, yet there it is. Every hair on my body stands on end and I get overwhelmed with terror. And this was just its thing's opening act. <laughs> A few minutes passed and nothing happened. I looked around the sky again, thinking maybe I'd lost track of it and fixing my view on the belt every so often. Then one, quote, star above the belt where I lost sight of it started getting brighter. The cigarette in my mouth fell to the ground. It grew brighter and brighter until it was the brightest point of light in the sky by a large margin. Suddenly it rocketed across the sky at a speed that defies words. It did not accelerate. It was just still, then moving at a horrific speed, and it came to an equally horrific dead stop to the north just above the horizon. It then moved without sound and no tail like a comet. When it stopped again, I lost track of it. Given it was now on the horizon where nighttime stars are almost impossible to see, it's no wonder. But about a minute later, there appeared a star, a point of light at least, growing brighter and brighter by the second. And again, even on the horizon, it grew so bright that it became the brightest thing in the sky. Once again, it defied physics and soared from horizon to horizon in roughly one second. A burst of speed so phenomenal that my eyes had a hard time tracking it across the sky. No comet or tail, no sound, just a point of light moving at terrifying speed. It came to a dead stop without decelerating on the southern horizon. And almost immediately, it again began to get brighter and brighter until it was yet again the brightest point of light in the sky. I was expecting another burst of speed, but instead it just blinked out of view. It was there one moment, the next, it vanished. Gone. I stayed for quite a while after, hoping it would return, or maybe I'd hear a delayed sound. Where it was within the atmosphere, it didn't return. No sounds were heard. It had to be outside the atmosphere in orbit. I have no idea what I witnessed that night. All I can surmise is that it must have been in orbit. It maneuvered in a way 
that would at least liquefy, if not vaporize, any substance known to humanity. What I witnessed is impossible, yet I saw it. Can someone help me? What did I see? A UFO? A military vehicle? Both or neither? I'm at a loss. Woo-wee. You know, I know that thing had to see him. It, it had to realize that he was observing and played with him. They, they do that. You think it's so far up, and then whoom. I am not kidding you. I have said something like that. I've had a few things that are just mind-blowing. They connect. I know they can hear you. All right. I've got a big paranormal point of a story, so I want to dedicate a little bit more time to that today. So I'm going to jump on over to that right about now, just because. This one is called, I have not read it, just so you know. It's just a big one. Um, I just hope it's good. Dream Visitor. <laughs> and this person is sharing their story, and they say, First, let me say that this story is going to be really difficult for me to tell. However, after spending some time thinking it over, I thought that maybe getting it out there will help me deal with what happened or maybe help someone else. This is completely true, and I will do my best to give as much detail as possible. Because of how terrorized I was, I think I blocked a lot of it out, even though it was something that happened within this past year. Even as a kid, I always had very vivid dreams. I often had lucid dreams. Those were my favorite. As once I knew I loved the freedom of making choices without consequence. As I got older, those lucid dreams would leave to some of the best, oh, erotic dreams ever. I mention this because it may be important later. I used to talk in my sleep a bit based on what my parents have told me, but have never sleepwalked nor had any other sleep issues. I did have chronic nightmares, but that's a different story entirely. But I thought having that information may help you understand why what I'm about to describe to you was so different and so horrifying. Okay, I'm just going to take a stab in the dark. And I haven't read this, but I'm going to say, Hatman Shadow People, you know, we're talking about things coming at you when you're sleeping and taking advantage. So that's just my feeling. Okay, here we go. Uh, I was a freshman in college when I had my very first sleep paralysis type dream. Here, here we go. I use that term loosely as I am not really sure how to categorize what I experienced. I had been studying in my on my bed, room light on, sitting with my back against the wall. I don't know when I fell asleep, but I do remember waking up. At least I thought I was awake. I opened my eyes, noticed the books on my lap, and heard a knock or something on my door. I got up to get it, and then I awoke up. This continued for about four or five times, each time with me becoming more and more panicked. The very last time I woke up in my dream, I started to hear voices. They were very mumbled, starting off quietly and continuously getting louder and louder. All I kept hearing were different voices yelling their name and a date. I couldn't keep up with them all, and I was starting to make my head hurt. I remember putting my heads up, squeezing my head, and trying to get off my bed and away from the voices. The pain was so intense I could barely crawl on the floor as I tried to make it 10 feet across the dorm room to the door when I thought the voices were going to make my head explode. I finally woke up for real. I was still in the same place with my back against the wall and books on my lap. I was actually nervous I was still asleep. I immediately started to cry and called my dad. I told him I thought I was going crazy. He said that I probably wasn't sleeping well, and before I voluntarily submitted myself to a psych ward, that maybe it would be a good idea to just try and get a few good nights rest. I must have listened because I never had the experience again. 
I sometimes wished I could have remembered the names and dates I heard, but the pain was so intense to allow me to focus. I wasn't going to include this part of my dream history, but upon sitting down to write this, thought maybe it could be related. Fast forward about 13 years later, three years ago. It was midday, and I had fallen asleep on my couch watching TV. I guess my kids were in school because I don't remember anyone else being home. This is when I first began to experience what my research has shown is called, quote, sleep paralysis. I knew I wasn't sleeping. I could hear the television in the background clearly, and I was trying to will my eyes open. Before I could open my eyes, I felt a weight on my chest, apparently common in cases of sleep paralysis. I could now see the room around me, eyes open and awake, but that weight was still there. I tried to move and realized I was completely paralyzed. I realized that although I could not see the cause of this pressure with my eyes, I could visualize the being in my head. It was a demonic being, bluish in color, about five feet tall. He was sitting straddled over me. I know he spoke to me, but I cannot remember what was said. Oh, that's not shadow person. I know what that is. The only other part I remember was being raped. Yeah, that's an alien, guys. It was horrifying but satisfying. I fought him. I do remember that, but did not wake up until I had finished sexually. When I tried to sum up what happened, the only thing that came to mind was that I was raped by the devil. I eventually chalked this up to being a really twisted sex dream. My husband had been injured during the Iraq war and was dealing with some pretty serious physical and mental issues. We did not have a very active sex life during this period of time, and I kind of just figured it was my brain's way of processing this. That was until two years later, about a year after we moved into our new house. This was when things went from weird to terrifying on a level I never imagined I could experience. So about a year ago, things started off slowly. My husband was sleeping in the living room as his medication would cause him to fall asleep very early and stay passed out until the morning. I would go upstairs to our bedroom each night by myself. I don't remember when exactly it started, but I could tell you that I was actually a bit happy about it at first. It always happened right as I began to fall asleep. I would be fully aware of my surroundings, feeling as if my eyes were open and I couldn't move. I would start with a feeling of not being able to breathe. That part always scared me the most as I often thought I would suffocate before I would wake myself up. As soon as I realized my paralysis, I would begin to feel myself being raped. <sighs> As terrible as it sounds, I actually enjoyed it on some level. Not having sex in my waking life was causing me to have this pent-up sexual frustration, I thought. I never truly consented to what was happening, but it was fulfilling a need that I didn't feel comfortable enough to voice out loud, I guess. What scared me more than anything was that I knew this was a demon. He would speak to me while raping me. Mostly things about how much he knew I liked it. Although I never heard his words with my ears nor saw him with my eyes, the best way I can describe it is as if you recall a conversation you had with someone the day before. You could visualize what they looked like and what was being said, even though you aren't truly seeing it or hearing it at the moment. That was how I saw this demon and heard him. This happened for months, and I was beginning to become scared. I was becoming very clear to me that this was not just a dream. At first I thought my brain was working through some sexual tension in a really demented way, but that began to change and fear really set in. 
He came again, but this time was different. I don't remember if it was him or whether he brought someone else. What I do remember is that he said, Since you clearly handled what I did so well, let's make this more interesting. Or something along those lines. I was then raped, but what can only be described as a demon that would not endow that like a man, but that of a horse. Things were huge and not meant for my body. I remember feeling myself being raped and felt great pain. There was no pleasure anymore. I began to try and find ways to wake myself up. This was no longer anything that resembled a normal sex dream. Something was wrong. I dealt with this type of thing for over six months by this point. What used to be one or two nights a week was happening more and more frequently. I was tired all the time and afraid to go to sleep. The next escalation was a time there was a woman with a demon. She was blonde wearing a white knee-length nightgown type dress and was very pretty. Oh gosh. She was kneeling next to where I was laying on the bed, looking at me with real curiosity. She and the demon who was kneeling between my legs were talking to each other, saying things like, Are you sure she can handle this? And I can't wait to watch. Wow. It was then that I realized I was not in the presence of just these two, but many demons. All around my bed, I could see that there, there were endless others watching me. I began to panic and realized this was very different from previous experiences. The others in my room were pushing each other to try and have the best view. I was terrified and began to panic when I realized I was being lifted up off my bed by my feet. There was a rope or something tied around my ankles and I was hanging upside down. The demon with the horse-sized member began to rape me and I screamed to stop. I'm not a religious person and was raised Jewish. Yet for some reason this idea popped into my head. I began to pray to Jesus. Check that out. Do you know how many times I have told people that is the name that will scare anything away? Alien, demons, shadow people, hatman, whatever. And you know, it works for everybody. I started to say the Lord's Prayer. I could feel the anger all around me. And then I woke up. I cannot begin to tell you the relief I felt. That was until the following night. Apparently praying and waking up was not okay for the demon entity. This time it was not the same demon that visited me. It was not an experience of rape that I dealt with that night, but rather one of extreme torture. The demon was like eight feet tall and powerful. I just knew instinctively that he was on a completely different level than the demon who had been tormenting me for the last year. I immediately began to pray to Jesus again. He laughed at me. I was once again strung up by my ankles completely upside down with my head a few inches off the bed. I remember him saying, that won't work on me. And then, he said, you are going to pay for what you did. He had razor claws on his hands. Best way to describe them would be like Freddy Krueger hands. He stabbed me with his fingers right into my stomach. I remember him thrusting his claws in my back and watching them come through the front of my body. The pain was intense. This is the worst pain I have ever experienced. Even now, I could tell you that there is no pain like what I felt that night. 
I even had my epidural wear off before they were finished sewing me up after the birth of my daughter. That was nothing compared to this. I kept praying and praying. Eventually I woke up with a start. It took me a long time before I could move because the pain was so intense. I hurt for that whole day even though I did not have a mark on my body. I had tried to tell my husband about what happened that night. I told him a couple of my previous experiences, but he told me that believing they were more than dreams was just being silly. I was terrified to ever sleep again, so I called a friend of mine who grew up in Mexico. I know that in some cultures they have stories about the incubus or succubus and thought maybe he could help me. He was super understanding and spoke to my family members he had back in Mexico. When I heard back from him, he stated that what I was experiencing was not a dream. He said that I may be unknowingly invited this demon in. He asked me if I had ever told the demon not to come back after the first experience. I said no. He asked me if I enjoyed the experiences when I told him that on some level I used to. He became really worried. He told me that it was super important that I continue to pray and that I had to tell the demon he was no longer welcome. <laughs> That's another thing I tell people. He warned me that I could be fooled but that it was something I must do. What's crazy is that for the next two weeks when the demon came, I was the same. it was the same gentle experience I used to have. It was actually hard to say no and even harder to say I didn't want him to come back. I realized I must have invited him in. That scared me more than anything. It took those two weeks of saying no and saying he was no longer welcome before it stopped completely. Now I sometimes get sleep paralysis, but I have learned how to jump and scare myself awake. I know this story was long and maybe it wasn't all that scary, but I can tell you that living through this was the most frightening thing I have ever dealt with. I wonder sometimes what we leave ourselves open to when we sleep. I hope to never experience something like this again, but at least now I feel prepared to know what I need to do. I have read stories of people who try and invite these demons in and develop some sort of relationship. I would simply warn that if you think you have any type of positive relationship with an entity like that, you are being fooled. It's better to get out while you are still able because that being that tortured me did not let me go until he was finished with me. I did not wake myself up from that. He grew tired of me. I was just grateful that, so far, he hasn't ever returned. Whew, that was a big one. I did not anticipate that. Uh, those blue ones, they're alien beings. Um, they are creatures that have been doing this type of thing for a long time. They are seen right alongside of uh, shadow people, gray alien beings, and the pretty blonde lady she described wearing that dress, th those are those are an alien being as well. Uh, people call them the Nordics, or some will say Pleiadian, but I know them as Nordics, and uh, there's something that... Uh, that they're involved in and and they like to experiment on people and they like to observe and see what their reactions are and it's so twisted and sick out there the name of Jesus scared those guys away now her faith is Jewish she's not Christian um, you know it's a different kind of faith that has to be assimilated at some point to take on the big guy when he comes around, which I am sure this had to have been the hat man when she said the Freddy Krueger like claws and hands and I bet he had a hat and everything looking kind of like Freddy because that's what the hat man looks like. So that really, what a disturbing story. Well, I'm glad I got to fit that one all in there. That was, that was really, 
That was god-awful, you know, and a lot could be learned from that. The name of Jesus does work. Faith of the mustard seed works on everything. And she needed that faith in that name to take on the big guy. So, well, I have to tell you guys, thank you for listening to UFO Headline News with me, Heidi Hollis. Be sure to check out UFOHeadlineNews.com every single day. And also tune in to my other two weekly shows. I host the Outlander Show on Fridays and co-host on the Kevin Cook Show on Tuesdays. Both shows are at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. And you can see my comic strip it's a paranormal one called The Outlanders at theoutlanderscomic.com. Everything can be found at HeidiHollis.com or here at this network. If you've experienced something out of the ordinary and want some level-headed advice, or if you've seen a UFO and want to share, feel free to write me at UHN at InceptionRadioNetwork.com. Remember always to keep an open mind so you can stay informed and inspired. <laughs>